0: This is the beer side. <laughs> this is episode 15. It's been quite a while. I hope we remember how to do this, and we have the big gang back, including Joe. Um, Joe's a little distracted by watching the Dodgers game here, but. Boo. Doyers.
1: Doyers. So
0: let everybody go around and introduce themselves. Go for it. Hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how to do
1: this.
2: It's been a while. What are be crazy
0: for?
1: Oh, sorry. Hi, I'm April, and I'm eating pizza.
0: I'm Kevin. I sometimes edit the podcast. I'm Brandon, and I don't know what I'm doing here. And we have a long, long, long overdue guest. I don't know why it's taken us so long to get you here, but...
3: The stars had to no align. We have Rob Bertner, the owner, brewer... Of North Mountain
0: Brewing Company. How do,
3: everybody?
1: Brewer of April's favorite beer in all of Arizona, the baby Belgian.
0: So um, me and Rob go way back before we had breweries, and we've got quite a lot of stories, so we'll try to keep it somewhat PC and try to stick to our topics.
1: We should write a book. Before we had breweries, we had dreams.
0: And money. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's the laugh of the night. We're done. We're out. Good night. That was easy. Boom. <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> so Rob bought us some beer. So we're we'll gonna be drinking some of his beer, talking about his beer, talking about his path into the brewing industry and uh, what it's been like for him running and operating a brewery, making the beer, and working with his family. Simple stuff. Simple easy. stuff. No problem. Shit we talk about anyway. Yes, yeah, this is true. Yeah, and we'll try not to bitch and complain too much.
2: Oh.
3: Okay, hold on. I might need a break to
0: rethink
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we going to talk about if we don't bitch and complain? Right? right? Yeah. I mean.
0: We have to keep it uplifting and inspire people to start breweries.
1: <laughs> I said that with a
0: straight face. You did. I, you did a uh-huh, good job. I did. Yeah. I did. Good job. We so all so I've
1: been all waiting adventure. for
0: you to get here so I can drink your beer. So we're going to open these now. Let's do it.
1: <gasps> Rob Rob Presents. So yummy. So we'll we're talk so about these beers we
0: do it because we can't not drink as we're recording. So, so do you want to start with the dunkel? We have a
3: dunkel and we have a marzen and an Oktoberfest. You pick. I'm good with either I, one. I would say let's start with the happy crowd. All right. So let's if I can
0: talk actually. about this beer real quick. Explain me why you made this. Beer.
3: Because I love traditional German lagers. This is an excellent beer style. I've always been in love with this stuff. It's I mean. not
0: a style you're going to go in and generally find it. No. I like that style. No. I love that style. But we have the same, um. we have very similar palettes anyway. And we like this traditional style stuff from <laughs> Europe. Um, so I love the fact that you make this.
1: And Rob looks pretty freaking hot in his lederhosen. Just saying. <laughs> Did you oh, bust
3: not this year? No. By the way, so my daughter years ago, when she didn't know better, did me the favor and ran them through the washing machine. Oh. No. And they are pure leather, actual lederhosen from Munich. And they, let's just say my ass pops when I'm in them now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're so hot. Okay, back to
1: Munich. We'll go back and buy some new ones. That's, it's that simple, yeah. Yeah, they're on like
0: 150 Oh yeah, that's
3: yeah. And
1: 13.
3: a, yeah. a chip yeah. and a trip to Munich, yeah. Yep. No no problem. I'm
0: surprised how much they cost.
1: It's called a tax write-off. Because it's necessary for brewing.
3: Well again, and I'm for sure this is great for all the listeners, but we can do this as a group and it is absolutely yeah. a business write-off. Yes. It's called research people.
1: Yep. Yeah, we call it what do we call it? Um, RDI. Research and R&D. Something like that. R&D, yeah. There you
2: go. R&D. Yeah. Just
0: drink a little more. You'll be all right. Yeah. Research
3: in, in Deutschland.
0: There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to tell my story as he's pouring these beers. Do it. So I remember the first time I met Rob was at the Craft Brewers oh, Conference in San Diego. What year was that?
1: 2012.
0: Yeah. You want to bet 200 bucks? I
3: brought my... I, I bought my property in 2010. Okay. You
0: sure I already had my property? Uh-huh. I, I Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't you didn't start the construction yet, but you had well, you I had the building.
1: out the Instagram pic.
0: This is true. Cuz you yes. had the building when I was in Siebel cuz I told you the story how I sent everybody emails including you and you didn't reply back to me.
3: I don't remember the email. Of course not. I don't not. remember
0: him even saying that. So I told you that so oh many times. Oh, my God, Rob. You're so disappointed. So, anyway, we right were now. at the the gala, which was what? The San Diego Zoo. And we're standing there, and I saw you walk by, and I'm like, oh, that's the guy who's opened the brewery in Sunny Slope. I'm like, I'm going to say hi. So, I just trotted over and said, hey. And we uh, partied every night and closed the bar down every night, and it's been that way ever since.
2: Why Sunny Slope?
1: <laughs> he asks himself that every day. <laughs>
3: That's called jumping in with two feet. Uh, why sunning There is actually a. It, it's actually a pretty involved answer, believe it, believe it or not, and a lot of it was ideology. It's
1: a called lot chasing of it was your dream, Joe. Well, chasing your dreams.
2: So, it's just because the hospital's there, and you know, a bunch of drunk-ass nurses would come over. Look at
3: the drunk-ass nurse. But when you're yeah. looking, But when you're looking around, absolutely, that's part of the conversation. You know, we started by, and it was a lot easier then. There weren't nearly as many breweries. Uh, we actually plotted every brewery out in the city. We put it on a map, and then we ran demographics on each brewery that existed at that point. Uh, and just in that, in that frame, there was a big vacuum in the north side.
1: May 1st, 2012. Is it really? That was the Instagram pictures I posted. Okay. From Stone at the brewer's, like, the welcome yeah. dinner.
3: Yeah, that was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, it was. I Dates
1: confirmed. I don't remember seeing you there that day, though. That's a bummer.
3: So, so anyways, back to the question. There's the practicality of the demographics and just running those numbers and comparing what other breweries, what their success rate is, and what the demographics that they have are. And, believe it or not, Sunny Slope, we have a lot of decent areas around us. There are not always decent areas around us. Is that a, was that a delicate way of putting yeah. it? Yeah, but, but there's a lot of good stuff in there, too. Um, ideologically, honestly, part of it was wanting to be part of rebuilding a neighborhood. Uh, I, these are going to sound like bad words, but when I went to Siebel, it was at Goose Island. Now, at that point, Goose Island was still independent. Yes. And the, the one by, a, oh, geez, is it the Claiborne that they had the school in? which is now closed, ironically, that was the first Goose Island, and they actually got an award from the mayor of Chicago for helping turn that neighborhood around. I
0: didn't know that.
3: And that kind of influenced me, too. Maybe it's foolish ideology. Uh, No, there's no maybe. It is clearly (laughs) foolish ideology. But I thought, hey, you know, I'd love to help turn the neighborhood around. And that's a neighborhood like my cousin lived there. I never lived there, didn't go to school or anything, but I've got uh, some ties going way back, mainly with my cousin riding bikes around. And my brothers live there now for 20, 25 years and stuff. So I've been kind of in the area forever. Yeah. So there's there's honestly just a lot of reason. And I'm not going to lie, we can afford it.
0: Yeah, I, I just said this. That, that, that is a factor. another brewery owner, and <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a lot of times when these people are starting breweries, it's about where you can afford it. Everybody wants to be out. Yeah, I want to be... You know, a stone's throw from ASU. You know, or I want to be downtown. When you start looking at the rent- rental rates, it's like, I, I can't afford it. Especially as a startup brewery where money's super tight and everything costs twice as much as you wanted. It comes into, you know, where are you going to open that you can afford it and hopefully, you know, really make your mark there.
2: Well, you guys do a lot of community stuff too, right? Don't you, don't you have like an event coming up with uh,
3: they do?
1: they the, have the, the dogs? Um, blue oh, and blues. Bruce and uh, Blue. what is it called?
3: Well, Blue. different events. We have uh, Blues, Brews and Arts coming up. That's that's, that's our festival. We shut down the parking lot. We put a stage back there. We've got a bunch of vendors and stuff, and, and we rock it out for a day. It's a lot of fun. I believe that's on uh, November 10th. confirmed. That's a Sunday. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the 10th. We have Dogtoberfest that actually right. already started. Or no, Dogtoberfest is actually copyrighted. It's Dogtober. I was going to say,
0: you have Flying Dog coming over? What's that? Did you have flying dog coming all the way back out here? Or? No, no, no. But I brewed dogs bollocks.
3: Oh, you did? Purely by coincidence, actually. It was already
0: on the agenda, and they're like, "You need a dog brew, a dog beer." All <laughs> you right, got it. Here you go. Perfect. So you brought up Siebel, I want to go back, so because I don't think people really know your story. I don't think I've never heard you really share with people. I mean, I know your story, but let's go back to those homebrewing days and what got you into it.
3: Well, again, I can wax poetic, I can drag this on and expand, but I, I've always been kind of a hands-on guy. I mean, I, back in college, I used to make tie-dyes, and I used to make a lot of them, and I used to sell them, and I didn't make crazy money, but uh, enough that I've got a crate with $3,000 worth of dye. In my garage right now, wow. like, and tie- I occasionally
1: tie-dye shirts.
3: Yes, tie-dye shirts.
1: Why aren't you making North Mountain tie-dye shirts? He I do it.
3: occasionally, but it's I do it because I want to, uh, not you know what I mean, not because I have to or it's not a money thing. It's just I like doing them. I wish I could do them more. There, j- it's a lot of time. And the last time I did it, I cranked out like thirty she- uh, shirts, and it was a production line. It wasn't as fun as it could have been. <laughs>
0: yeah, because as a brewery and business owner, he's got nothing but time. Right. Oh, yeah
1: mm-hmm.
3: so actually I, I do make them are uh it's almost time again it's been about a year so I'm gonna be doing them again soon but, but but Bless the you. example stands yeah. I was just I always liked doing that kind of stuff so back in the early 90s and I wish I would have brought my book I could show you the, my first recipe I actually have my first recipe book but it's early 93 when I brewed my first batch and it was and and there's a story there too because it was actually my second batch Ask me why in a moment. But, uh, but it was basically the long and short of it, there wasn't a lot of good beer at, at the time. I mean, if you walked into a bar and you got a black and tan, that was a crazy good
0: beer bar. That was the shit. I couldn't shit. even drink in '92. Oh, you yeah.
1: big liar. Oh, you're not a liar. Holy shit. Yeah.
0: There we go. Well,
3: and I couldn't drink in like '84 either, <laughs> yeah. but it might have happened. So you? I had really older the same brothers.
1: Age, you and I, I think. Yeah. Or, well, I know Candy. We're and real I, close. Candy I think. Candy and I, think, I went to the same high school, so I know this.
3: I think I'm a year or two older than you.
1: Oh, but, so you're but, old.
3: But yes, I I just <laughs> turned the big five zero.
1: Oh, why didn't we celebrate this?
0: I'm sure he did.
3: We went and did an escape room, and and we went. An
1: escape we, like you, you didn't do a Richter thing. Like I don't even understand why we weren't in. Oh my god. I Maybe got you're not candy, that good don't of know friends. Why we this. I thought, I really thought we were better friends than this. Like, we would be at your 50. You were at Brandon's 40th, for fuck's sake.
2: Hey, you know what? We didn't want to invite you. It was a good escape room,
1: I had a glass. there just well, wasn't
2: enough people. No, if I'm
3: really going to be honest, there was about 20 minutes of just chaos before we even found Just Just freaking out. Had never done it before. No one knew what the hell we were doing it was absolutely a bunch of people screaming running around this room and then finally we focused, and we started kicking ass at that point but the first 20 minutes was i'm sure the guys were laughing watching us on the <laughs> camera cuz it was absolutely stupidity i've never done it they're fun they are i think fun. it'd be fun to try one. i'm
0: still pissed that we weren't invited but
1: whatever like move
3: on it was me and my family only there weren't even like my daughter's boyfriend none of that it was just the five of us know what i that know means. blah blah gonna, blah like
1: but i'm texting candy right now so, All right.
3: So. Oh wait, what?
0: Yeah.
3: So beer. Beer. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Cheaper to make it. And easier to
3: just, get. Just wanted to make my own. Just wanted to make my own stuff. Uh, do you want to hear the story about the first brew yes, I made? Okay. It would have been in '88, I believe, or the oh, end of '87. Oh yeah, straight out of high school. And we were living. I I was actually couch surfing. I was living on my buddy's couch up in Flagstaff not going to school they were going to school all day and I was going and hiking up in the trees and doing whatever you do when you hike in the trees in Flagstaff
0: counting trees
3: counting trees, and watching black helicopters fly over, overhead and hiding from them that kind of thing you know but uh I'm sorry was there a story? <laughs> okay so I found this recipe for instant beer even then I knew it had to ferment but straight out of high school you find a recipe for instant beer hell yeah we're going to make it Oh, by the way, it was ginger beer. Yeah. So I went to the store and I bought a bunch of things, including two whole, whatever they're called, clumps of ginger root, ground them up, put them in. We had a party that night. We sat around playing quarters with this garbage, <laughs> doing, and I'm going to be quite blunt, doing the whole drink, drink, feeling anything? Because we're straight out of high school people. <laughs> let's let's cut to the chase. This is what it was about. And no. We didn't feel anything but stupid. Did you even pour yeast in? No, no. It was an instant beer. We made it in the day. We drank it at night. So <laughs> clearly, maybe we got a little bit of a ginger buzz because so there was that much ginger. <laughs> and the funny thing, I did know at the time, but... Found a beer recipe. It's that beer. I'm going to make this. Where
2: did you find the recipe? Because they didn't have the internet back then. I
3: back. honestly don't remember where, where it came from. No. A Maybe.
2: secret book in the library or something, something? like that, yeah.
3: A piece of paper blown down Main Street. I don't know.
1: You could have got it on Gopher on the internet back then.
0: Leave the it to Kevin to know yes. what that is. He starts talking about chat room. No, well, well, it predates the web. Cool. Yeah, AOL was there too.
1: When they called it electronic mail.
0: Yeah. And not email. Uh-huh. And then it got shortened yeah. to e-mail, and now it's just no dash. You made that beer, and you're like, that was no good. I want to do it again?
3: Well, that was 88. It took me until 93 to get back on the horse and actually make beer for real.
2: And
0: then did you just keep doing it? Yeah. And, it, and it's getting better
3: at of that, hey, I'm going to start my own brewery? Yeah. And I'm going to tell a story that I think pretty much every home brewer can relate to I made the first batch. I honestly thought it was garbage. But all my friends told me how good it was. Because it was free. Yeah, that's what it really was. Yes. Because it was garbage. Oh, yeah,
0: just make, make some more of this, I, man. You just yeah, stop making yeah. more in the grocery store. Yeah.
3: So, so I kept making it, and I knew it was garbage, but they said, oh, you know, all right. So, so I, I, it started getting better pretty quickly. And that kind of confirmed to me right then and there how full of shit my friends are. <laughs> are you
2: still friends with them? We are still friends, actually.
0: <laughs> And then what, so say, like, what year or what point, I don't know, I'm trying not to, like, skip over anything, but we all go through that process of making home homebrew and think, wow, this is really good. Maybe I'm going to make a career out of this or I'm going to go to a brewery. At what point did you get there, or was that even something before or after you decided, hey, I'm going to do this, get professional training, go to Siebel?
3: No, I, I had already made the decision before I went to Siebel. Um, I can't tell you exactly when. It, it's, like most homebrewers, as you start to get better, you're, you know, hey, I can do this. And there was a thought, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> you guys didn't hear that. So it was just one of those, like a lot of people, you start making it, you make it long enough, you're like, hey, you know, this is a possibility. And at that point I was running other businesses, so I was already self-employed. So that part was kind of lining up. And it was just a thought in the back of the mind. For a long time before it actually happened.
0: So you just decided, I'm going to do this, and you went to Candy and said, hey, I'm going to go to Chicago and go to brewing school? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. So you
2: and Candy have been together since high school?
3: Not quite. Uh, we started dating in the early 90s, so it was already, I, I honestly forget. Hi, Han. Love you. <laughs> yeah. uh, whether it was 90 or 91, I think it was 91, but I, I could do math, but I choose not to. But, uh, yeah, so we've been together, not quite from high school, but for a long time.
0: Okay. And then back then, how much did Siebel cost? A lot. But you did the whole thing. So I want to go to that story because I tell well, your story all the time.
3: I, Again, there are no simple answers with me. Sorry, people. I, I did. I paid for the whole thing. I didn't actually make it all the way through. And that was the problem. And, I, and I That told was people the that problem, that, yes. to tell
0: that story about what you got do you, you got you didn't ripped make off. it all the
1: way through?
3: So,
0: yeah. Well, tell that story. Are,
3: are we telling that story? Yes, yeah. Because it's a great story, story and it's well, a sad
0: story.
3: I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut. Yeah, I can't give full details. First of all, I need three more beers to make it really fun. <laughs> but then you will never getting me to shut up. So, anyways, we went to Andex. Again, how much time do you want me to take?
0: No, to you, you got to tell this story because this is part. Cause, so, so you leave Phoenix, you go to Chicago and you're doing the Steeple thing. How long are you there and how, how deep are you into the program at this point?
3: Oh, I believe the Chicago thing was five or six weeks and then the uh, Munich thing was three or four. Okay. I don't remember exactly. It was a while ago, but yeah, it was already, it was well into Munich okay. when so you, this so all went down.
0: you completed everything in Chicago and now you guys are in Munich. You're yeah. On, I, your, on your next phase of learning to brew. Yeah. Okay.
3: So we go to Andex, it happens to be Easter Sunday. So I go to a church on Sunday. Like we all do. Of course, like, <laughs> we, like we all do.
1: When was the last time you did that, to be honest? Like, I, I drove on past Sunday? one, that's
3: close <laughs> enough. <laughs> I think Kurt
1: Warner was there, and that was the only reason why you were there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest.
3: Well, so we go to this beautiful cathedral called Andex, and we go walking around. We do our touristy thing on Sunday. Uh, Being a nice religious person that I am, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Should I even say that? Should we just pass? Or anyways, yeah. So they they have this. Yeah. So they have this beautiful beer garden outside. Seriously, people, if you ever get in the neighborhood, go to Andex. It's absolutely stunning. And we sat there for hours and hours and hours, and. We were talking to the locals and telling them we were here in beer school, which, by the way, if you're in beer school in Germany, tell people. They love you. They think it's so cool that Americans come over to them to learn the fine art. And and we were like little mini-celebrities, people buying us beer just... To to say we drank a little that day, like, let's just go with yes. Yes. (laughs) And then, after drinking just a little... And then they started buying the schnapps. Uh-oh. There was beer schnapps and there was mead schnapps. I'm going to be honest, the beer schnapps was not that good. The mead schnapps was incredible. The
0: fruit schnapps. Yeah, oh. fruit, but I've never had that.
3: And it wasn't really schnapps. This was made by them. It wasn't called schnapps. But that's ex- essentially what it was. Yeah. So, you know, now all of a sudden we're breaking out this distilled mead, basically. So that kind of bumps us up. So we're walking out just after sunset. And we might have taken a little bit of a wrong tour, a a, a wrong turn, and we ended up on this little trail going along a cliff on the wrong side uh, of the creek. And we need to get over the creek. So one of the guys goes and kind of looks over an end and slips and falls and slides down. And at that point in time, I used to rock climb a lot. I was a pretty good climber. Not great, not crazy, but you know, pretty solid climber. This guy keeps trying to climb up, and falling down and climb up and I'm thinking well this guy's going to hurt himself so I go down to him and I'm going to leave a whole lot of the story out there because it makes me look real stupid (laughs) but long and short of it is oh wait this is going to make me sound real stupid (laughs) I swing out on the branch of a tree to grab a root that's sticking out like Tarzan yeah and my joke is the root saw me coming and gave way it was gone before I ever got there. So I, I fell about six or eight feet back, landed on my shoulder, and then rolled almost through your parking lot. I mean, literally. I I, I don't know how many times I hit my head. Four or five times. Yes, people, it explains a lot. I know, I know. And the guy's an ass for saying it. I mean, you don't have to point the truth out. Come on. So anyways, I ended up literally, didn't lose consciousness, but I, I, I like stopped right by the creek and then I had to go get this guy cuz he was still freaking out so here I am with an arm that's just absolutely broken like that's for a later part of the story if you want to know just how bad so I have to gather this guy up and I had kind of watched the environment moving in you know I'm a hiker I kind of watched the way the layout was so I knew that if I went to the right left to you guys
0: left the right,
3: down <laughs> so anyways we go walking that way and i was right we ended up getting to the village and luckily two locals caught up to us because i got us to the village but there was no way i was going to make for the train i had no idea where in the village we were so these guys gave us directions and we ended up getting to the train station just in time for the last train of the night so then we roll into munich and once again we're on the street walking around trying to find the hospital finally we flag a uh a, uh, a taxi down he takes us to a hospital which happens to be one of the best hospitals in Munich so I scored there um, and we go in and again this is one of those how much there's so much stuff there's so much stuff but one of my favorite scenes was the doctor who had, who had trained in the US so he spoke decent English smoking a cigarette because they smoke <laughs> like nobody's business in there in the hospital. so I'm sitting on the bed and the doctor comes in Leans against the door frame, takes a couple pops, and says, hmm, hmm, this is interesting. I've never seen this before. Well, thank you, I doctor. Broke an arm. I'm glad. Well, no. See, now the I way it was broken. It might have been broken, broken in a way that. <laughs> the, the way it was broken, first of all, by the time it was all said and done, it was like my arm was four inches out of joint. So think of how far it had to go before it popped back to four inches out of joint. That's right, my shoulder was sticking out all the way down here. That's only this much, isn't it? That's four inches, right? Yeah, yeah. Something, like that, something like that. Um, At least that's what I've been told. And and to the beautiful, wonderful girl that put my arm up on the X-ray machine and then accidentally hit the quick-release button and dropped that thing six or eight inches. <laughs> oh. Now that hurt, people. Nothing else was that bad, believe it or not. You know, you're in. Yeah, that freaking hurt. Um, was I going? Yeah. Where was I going with this?
0: Ultimately, what happened to the arm? You dislocated it and broke it?
3: No, yeah, so I broke it. But wait, I didn't just break it because it's never going to be that simple with me. I broke it in a way where it was a very sharp break that was pushing up against the vein. Now, apparently when you put someone under, it creates a high blood pressure system. And they outright told me. I didn't fully understand at the moment. But they were basically telling me if they put me under that way, it would probably cut on the broken vein and there's no way they could operate quick enough. I would die within minutes. So what they did was stop my heart.
2: <laughs> what? Yes.
3: That's so convenient. So I have technically legally been dead and then brought back to life. Did, did I not tell out? you this? So yeah. No, so, did you see so, a
0: white light? You didn't tell me this deep into it.
3: So so yeah, they had to stop my heart. So they legally killed me, so that they could put in whatever drugs they needed to and then they brought me back to life. Now the funny thing is the doctor's sitting here trying to explain this to me and I freaked out people because I thought he was telling me I might wake up without my arm. Oh. When I finally understood that no, you might not wake up, that was actually kind of comforting. Because <laughs> what do I give a shit at that point? I'd rather be dead. Uh, it's, it's over. Whatever. Who cares? I didn't want to wake up without an arm. So Especially that was if that's that. a jerk-off arm. So... so <laughs>
2: No, it's my left. You're a teenager, so okay. April managed not to spit her beer out. So, so (laughs) imagine you got to think about the important stuff, April. So,
3: so imagine the doctor's surprise when he has to re-explain to me, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna lose your arm. You're gonna die, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that's cool. And he kind of had to process that one for a little bit.
0: But you were pretty drunk still at this point too uh, not so
3: much I, it had taken me hours to get there i was definitely oh, okay. not sober yeah, i'm sure you were but wasn't, adrenaline uh, anyway
0: because you're probably almost in shock at some point too maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so did you have to have surgery right oh then? yeah
3: oh yeah absolutely
0: so here you are at beer school and now you're in a hospital in munich yep I'm in surgery. I'm did not... they bring classwork to you or What
3: happened? No, most of the main classwork was over at that time. So I'd basically already passed the class. And I stayed in there a week, which obviously I wouldn't have done here. But I was kind of on my own there. I wasn't staying in the same hostel as everyone else. And and it was one of those, they wanted to keep me there. And quite honestly, I wanted it because I knew me on the streets of Munich was going to be a bad idea. So here's here's (laughs) where we get to uh, kind of the point of, I didn't finish the whole thing. I didn't do the tour there's a bus tour where they take you around and you go to some of the best breweries and they they give you brewers they give you things you cannot buy
0: and that's the big part of that and that Siebel i missed class is that you get to tour all these breweries in europe and what's it like three four weeks like yeah
2: so when are we going and you missed all that and i
3: missed all that and it's it's one of my biggest regrets in life, but I still think I made the wrong choice, because again, if I'm going to be honest, I wasn't too happy with myself at the point, you think you've seen me drink, Yeah. I would have been just constantly drunk. I would have been an angry drunk, and I would have fallen down and really fucked my arm up. And that's why. That is specifically, I just, I saw myself drunk on a bus and him hitting the brakes and me flying across the bus, and now the whole school has to go to the hospital. <laughs> and I know they didn't appreciate my decision to bail out, but I know for a fact it was the right choice because it was not going to go well.
0: That, see, I didn't know it. so many of the little side stories of that. Yeah, so you basically went to burning school and almost died. Yeah. See, you still haven't started brewing.
3: So... Well, so you want to know the funny thing is, when we were in Chicago, I actually told everyone, "Okay, let's start a death pool, and my money's on me."
0: <laughs> but you could have collected.
3: Well, uh, <laughs> nobody else was willing to pony up. Candy would have. I guess I'm the only one that has the integrity to bet on my own demise.
0: Like that's yes, you got
3: it there. right. You know.
0: Yeah, that's an attitude for sure. So then you basically decide you're going to come home.
3: Yes, people, I can be very stupid.
0: So then you come home and you're like, all right, now I've now I know how to brew. Um, now I need a job. What was that next step of looking for a brewery? This is another great story. I don't know if you can tell, but um, when you decide, hey, I'm gonna go. You, I mean, I'm assuming and I already know it was you're gonna go work in a brewery before you start. Hopefully. Yeah. But there weren't many breweries. There weren't many jobs. No. It wasn't the same as it is now. So. Okay, I Remember when I sent out emails for me? I forget what year it was, but I think it was like nine because at the time that's all there really was in the valley, and, and I think three or four of them already gone. Yep. So, so then you. Did you did you have to send out emails or did you just say like, or oh, was email email even a thing back then?
3: No, I hey, talked. Snail mail. Write a letter. <laughs> well, no, there was email at that point, and I I was uh, talking to Jerry Gant. Who does back. not get enough respect in the local beer community?
1: Amazing man.
3: He is. He is, among other things, he helped get homebrewing legal in Arizona, and he is the founder of the Arizona Brewers Guild, and I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. So, yeah, I don't Jerry. Think so either. I love you, man. You're a hell of a guy.
0: Yeah, he even worked for you for a while.
3: Yes, he did. Came man. out of
0: retirement to help you get going.
3: And, and now he's actually, and then he went to Mother Bunch. And now he's helping open up Capone's down in Rocky Point. Yep.
0: Yeah, I forgot to tell you about that.
3: With Johnny Vegas, who was one of the original Four Peaks. Uh, yeah. One of the Four Peaks founders. <sighs> yeah.
0: That would be cool. So that would be fun. I have another reason to go to, Al- or go to Rocky Point. There's no good reason to go down to Mexico. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Nope, I got good. you. I'm good. I got you, boo. We're good. I'll go to Germany with you. So okay. No Rocky Point. Done. Yeah, Done. So then, after that, I you to you like come 15 home Fifteen hours away, and then
1: three hours away. That's stupid.
0: I know. That's well, okay. The beer's better in Germany, though. So then you end up going to apply at breweries, or how did you do that? Did you start making contacts, or?
3: Uh, I I had um, as I recall, this was a while ago. People, uh, Jerry sent out an email to the people around. There wasn't much a response except from Patrick Fields. Okay. Who, at the time, was opening up Old World. I remember so, Old World. <coughs> excuse me. So I ended up going there and helping them sweat copper and then doing you know minor finishing construction to help them get ready for opening. Uh-huh. And there was some talk of me being the brewer there, but he ended up going with Matt Mercer instead, yeah. who is uh, who is just transitioning basically from Phoenix Ale to Grand. Yes. So he's over at Grand now. Yeah. I don't think he does anything at Phoenix Ale anymore, does he? Or is I, he still a part-timer there? I don't know. I haven't talked to him yeah. in a, probably a couple of months now. Yeah. I think he's out of there. I think he's full-time in, in Grand, which I have not been to. Sorry, Matt. I'll make it over there. I
0: know. I keep saying
3: I need to go, but yeah, haven't yet. Yeah. And, I, and Matt's a good guy. I'm a friend of his, mm-hmm. so
2: I yeah, he is. Know, wish him well. Yep, of course. So what made you come up with North Mountain Brewery versus, like, Sunny Slope Brewery or any of that stuff? Well, it's one
3: of those, sometimes you outthink yourself, as dumb as this is, and I forget the number, but I actually, okay, let's be blunt, again, Phoenix or Arizona didn't have much of a reputation for brewing at that point. Uh, we're on, First of all, we're on the flanks of North Mountain. We're in the North Mountain community, mm-hmm. so that's first and foremost. But in secondary consideration, I kind of thought to myself, well, there's a North Mountain in almost every state. So if I was ever to expand out, it would have... A a known name, a familiar name, and that was a lot of thinking of represent the neighborhood, but in such a way that everyone can go. Ooh, is that is that ours? Is that our? yeah? There's like I at, at one point looked at every state. I think 23 states have a North Mountain in
0: them. Huh.
3: It's almost surprising it's that low actually.
0: So even at, yeah, because it's one of those things when you're looking for a name of a brewery, you're we all kind of have like I want to say big dreams, but. You're looking for any little advantage of recognition. So what will work here will work there, whether it's something super local or something yeah. statewide. And so you do your research and think, hey, if we do it this, we can play with this, we can call it this, and we can get a little bit of you know action from it because it, it's related to something else. So it's just like any business. You want that next, um, how do I say that? A little bit recognition is, the right, I guess, the right word for it. But so that was smart. Do you plan on expanding, or is it just one brewery for you? Mm.
3: It's always in consideration. There are no plans at the moment. Uh, It's it's one of those you want to, but at the same time, it's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of work. We're just starting to gain control of our life again, and I'm not looking for something else to take up another forty or fifty hours a week. Five years years now, right? Six and a half.
0: Are you serious? Six and a half? No. (laughs) Twenty thirteen. Damn, I still think like we opened like a year ago, and it's come upon three, six and a half. I still remember building your tables. Yeah, that was like two years ago. Thank you very much.
1: We helped build those tables. Yes, thank you. Bring that. Thank
2: you for the help. And you didn't get invited to his fiftieth birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Still didn't get invited
3: to his fiftieth birthday. Check please. But I get from the
0: secret stash, so I'm not complaining.
3: Uh,
1: That's so true. Every time we're there, he's very good to us, so we're not going to complain. Sorry, we're not going to complain. We're done complaining.
3: Done. I was going to say anymore.
0: Thank you. So, I want to go back to this gently. The old gently. World, I'm um, scared. Job process. So you decide for one reason or another that you don't want to be the brewer there.
3: Well, actually, I, I, no, I didn't want to because I wanted to open my own brewery. But at that point, this was when the economy was kind of tanking, and it didn't look like my plan was going to move forward. So I actually did talk to Patrick about um, about investing and becoming brewer and part owner there. We we talked very briefly. Uh, He wanted he wanted someone to get involved, but he wanted someone a little more hands off. I I had zero interest Uh, in being hands off. I wanted to open my own brewery and I wanted to be an active part of that. So I think that's basically the conversation. Basically, fell apart.
0: Joe's, Joe's uh, face the is melting off right now. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Kershaw gave up back to back. Uh, suck at Kershaw. Fucking horse shit.
2: <laughs>
0: Sorry. Continue on. <laughs> yeah, you need a lot more beer now. So then...
1: Oh my God! They're tied now. Yes,
0: well, welcome. That is awesome.
1: well, welcome
2: to the conversation. Go, go Nationals. Nationals. A little delayed action. <laughs> yeah, Thank I you. apologize. Have I another drink.
3: Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> see, likely <laughs> <luckily>, I actually <laughs> do get the reflection. I I'm in, watching the <laughs> that's, how I do it. that's like my extra TV right there. I watch the
0: reflection in the windows up front. Uh, um, so I'm trying to keep this on track as we're watching the Dodgers get blown up here. Am um, I getting blown up? Anyway, so um, so you say, okay, I'm gonna start my own brewery instead. So. I want to go through a little bit of the dynamic like, like we had. How did you approach it with Candy, your wife, and say, hey, I want to start a brewery? And was she on board? And
1: How much crack were you on when you presented the idea to Candy to open up a brewery?
3: First off, let's ponder the idea of me on crack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's really where we want to go no, with this okay. conversation.
0: So, and, I think it's one, so, of the one like, thing we haven't done yet on a trip. This yeah. is true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of a at. I'm not going to say
0: anything. This is, you know. <laughs>
1: Emotionally, when Brandon came to me and was like, we're going to start a brewery. And I was like, mm, okay. So.
3: It, probably that. It was probably very similar. Total, totally underestimating the task ahead. And like, now keep in mind, this, was, this would have been my third business at that point. So at that point, I was putting on doing graphics much like you used to do. We used to jokingly call it oversized bumper sticker sticker. Yeah, exactly. That was my job. And I couldn't get anyone to back me up. It was it was kind of the shit or get off the pot time. Yes. We were going to either expand into something or I had to get out because I couldn't keep doing it by myself. Didn't really find anyone willing to join, so it was time for that to fold. And that's kind of where everything came up of, well, okay, we've been talking about doing this for years. And we'd been she'd been a part of the conversation. It had been going on for years at that point. So... That conversation wasn't actually difficult because she had already been preconditioned to it.
0: That's guess the hardest thing is, it, it sounds good in theory. Oh, we're gonna start our own business. Oh, great, let's do it. This is gonna be fun. And the, but then actually trying to sell, you know, your spouse on it sometimes. I mean, we our stories are different from everybody else's stories, and everybody else's stories are yeah, different from everybody we else's. Didn't
1: have that situation. No, that we didn't. Right? We're, we're very fortunate here. But I was like tired of you being dissatisfied in your job. Miserable. And- yeah, mi- like,
0: I was trying to... Yeah, no, I was flat out miserable and...
1: But, like, I wanted you to do something that would make you happy. And we, the day we got married, we had talked about doing something that would be ours. And mm. it was something we had always talked about, like, that we would do together and that would bring happiness and stability. And we never, like, for us, it was never a talk about, oh, this is going to make us rich. Like, that was never an issue with us. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? It was never like, oh, this is going to get us to make a bunch of money. Because anybody who's getting into this business for that is stupid.
0: And I think stupid. It, originally it was like that, and for the most part still is. It wasn't until all of a sudden Goose Island sells, and people are like, oh, wait a minute. And then everybody throws out the billion dollars for a ballast point. And then before you know it, there's this, like, a giant spike and all these people want to no, start breweries. No, I mean, that
1: was never on our radar. No, that it was That was never on Robin Candy's no, radar. No, not at that all. That was, like, we were always, like, the four of us talked about that when the whole thing okay. happened with Ballast Point, where the four of us were like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, laughing about it, like, oh, my God, how stupid are these people that that's that the kind of money, like, nobody's going to get rich doing that.
0: So, yeah. That's the hardest thing for, I think, some people to understand when they come in and talk to us and they almost seem, you can tell some of them just think that they're going to start a brewery and just sell it off and make money. Like, dude, it's not going to happen.
1: No, I mean, we have friends and family members who are like, oh, you guys are rolling in it now. And we're like, Uh no, we're in bigger debt now than we ever were. So plain and simple. Here's where we're at. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
3: yeah, this whole, I know part of this conversation is for people that are trying to open breweries. Mm -hmm. And people look at us and think, wow, you guys must be printing money. Not as quick as the government takes it away, let me tell you, people. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most regulated industries in the country. It is. Uh, it's, it's crazy. So, no, if you're thinking about getting into this, you better have a true passion or it will show um, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. No, not at all. It is a get-to-work-quick scheme
1: oh, is what totally. it is. totally. Mm-hmm. Get-to-work is the key there, right there. Like, and that's... Even when you're planning it, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be working a lot more than I normally would because I own this business. You have no clue until you actually are getting ready to open your doors and and you're here 20 hours a day. That was us. We were here for like 20 hours a day Mm -hmm. for probably the first six months. Yeah,
0: we were doing the summer because... I mean, we had to get open ASAP, but anyway. But that was also because there was more light because I didn't have any power in here, <laughs> so I could do stuff into the into the night because the sun was still kind of out, and then it's get dark, and then yeah, I would. I mean, I, would, I went a couple times and turned the headlights on the car to like shine in here just so I had some light. But to even finish after stuff.
1: that, I'm just saying like when we actually officially opened.
0: hmm Oh yeah, know. it's still it's still a 20-hour gig at that point Easy. because everything is so new, and no yeah. matter how prepared we were through, you know, schooling and and mentorships and everything else, there was always something new to deal with. It still is. I mean, I don't
3: don't honestly remember. When you look back, it almost feels like bullshit. But I don't think I had a day off for a year and a half. No, you didn't. Because we we were not a single day off. Yeah, we were
0: used to going and hanging out and drinking beer and having fun and going to each other's places and looking. And then all of a sudden you open up and it's like, I don't see Rob anymore. And then I opened up and I mean, I think what, last weekend was the first time we went out for a beer since... December Look. of last year uh, at the Helio With, Basin party. Without Right, without some other
3: agenda, yes. without meeting up at a CBC or, or some of this. Yeah, exactly. this was the first time in ages uh-huh. we just sat down.
0: Yeah, and before that was like a party and another party before that. But yeah, so we don't really get to see each other that often. But now we're to that point where we're more established. You double time than I am, and it's still hard for you to get away. But because we do come in family or we come from family-run businesses, and now we're both operating breweries that our families work with us. Uh, It's—I'm not going to say it's easier by any means, because you still have a—you still have a staff. But sometimes you've got people now that you're slowly starting to trust, that is going to allow you to get away to do stuff like this.
3: And—and and that is huge. First of all, getting someone you can trust. Part of it is just letting go though there there is that you put so much effort into opening it up and all that work and stuff that it's hard to just walk away and that trust that other people aren't going to burn your business Mm -hmm. down and eventually you start to and and they don't they haven't yet yeah and (laughs) (laughs) well and it's a little cliche in my building every time like we leave for time and bernie's heard this hundred times my only request though is if you're going to burn my building down Burn it all the way down. <laughs> I don't want to sift through ashes trying to recoup crap. Just take it to the ground.
0: That's a that's a good thing to remember. Not that I would ever do that. And then, no. well, no, no.
3: Hashtag and then, Trevor. And then, and, then, and then Candy
0: asked me, Candy.
1: Candy.
3: Candy. Uh, she asked me, well, what would you do with the money? And I kind of lower my head and quietly say, well, probably open another
0: Because right? <laughs> yeah. I always say, like, what. If, if something happened I am not prepared to go do almost anything no again because I've had a taste of this lifestyle there's no I don't even own a tie or a jacket anymore and I, there's no way I'm going back to corporate America and everything we do evolves or revolves around beer and I would think I think mother job I have would have a problem with me drinking on a yeah. job we all have day ties. that I don't we do that I'm just saying we do that. have ties. it doesn't happen. We I do? got a question for I you. I think so. Uh-oh. We have
1: ties. I don't know about a jacket, but we have ties.
2: Let her ramble for a second. <laughs> you good? All right, she's good. <laughs> my my question for you, right you guys now. talk about the whole family environment. With all due respect, yep. how is it working with a bunch of Filipinos? Because that's like a whole <laughs> different <laughs> level of crazy.
3: Well, okay, that's not a fair question. That's a totally fair question. No, that's not a queer fesh, uh, qu- fair, oh, my Lord. Profession. Good name for a beer. Your this family's season. awesome, by the way. So it's not a uh, a and, fair question. And grandma scares the shit out of me. So, yes, she does. <laughs> oh, she no, should. Sure. Just, she, just she so, so you no, know. She, if she, she ever hear me
1: anymore because now she sees me and she goes, "Hi, sweetie." Yeah.
3: If she ever picks up a broomstick, run. And I'm and I'm not joking. I've seen her sweeping. I don't know. What she, you no, you no. About. She goes out and chases homeless people off with the broomstick. <laughs> and we awesome. keep telling her, you got it. You got Kind of tone it down <laughs> oh her cool. go. but now when I was living in LA you know for those couple of years we were dating back then and I was pretty much they were they've been very in, I've been very involved in the family for a while I guess what I'm saying is I'm too deep to see it anymore okay I'm, I, that's why it's not a fair question because it's it is crazy and that's my life and that's how it's been for decades now and that's just reality so you know what I mean? It's like, I, I know what you're getting to,
0: but as opposed to what? Yeah, it's just normal, it's just like us. Well, normal. It's, yeah. it's, it's Mexican stuff, it's just normal to us. but Yeah. We have, uh, I think the Filipinos are a little bit, a little more crazy. So, um, I mean, that's a given,
2: A lot. Yeah, but back where I grew up, they had Copper State, and that's where the largest cockfighting place before they made it illegal. There was a lot oh. of Filipinos that came down there. That was some oh, like crazy and, fucking and shit my that happened. Really?
3: Father-in-law, and they—they they would have been some of those people there. In fact, my okay. father-in-law ran the concession stand there for a while. So there you
2: go. Like wow. stabbing each other, fucking. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's why I was never allowed to go down towards that area. No. <laughs> Stay away.
3: That was the one out by the power plant, right? Nuclear by Palo Verde.
2: They had one out there, but they had one back right on the border of Arizona, Joe, California.
0: Joe, yeah. that one first you we're gonna beat that. Yeah. Oh, then he told me that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's yeah. it.
2: And as long as he keeps being nice to me, I'll be nice to him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm,
2: if you grew up with a bunch of Filipino, I'm fucking with you. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm afraid of grandma. Grandma scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Not <laughs> completely she's out of so line sweet on that though. one. You no, know,
1: no, When she sees me, she's like, hi, sweetie. How are you? How's the family?
0: Yeah. So We're that's. Right here. <laughs> so we both worked for our dads in the graphic industry. And then here we are, and I don't know how your perception, I don't know if we've gone that deep, where when we started this, it was like, oh, I don't, wanna work, I don't want my kids working here. And then here we are with our family businesses and our kids are working for us.
3: Actually, I would say it's the exact opposite for me. When we first opened, remember, not only did my family work there, I had nieces, I had, yeah, n- nephews, yeah, boyfriends yep. of nieces, yes. and, that's and how
2: tight knit everybody that community is and stuff, right?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, we brought them all in and friends and stuff. Was and it?
0: But was it because, as a business, everybody wants to help, or was this the plan, or was this something where they all said, "Hey, we want to be a part of this."
3: A little bit of all that. A lot of it's the last. I mean, I didn't. I didn't ask anyone to come in, but they were welcome if they were interested in, mm-hmm. and and they were excited about it too. So yeah, they wanted to be a part of it.
0: Yeah.
1: But in the end, they were like, we could do this better than you. So maybe you should step it. Take a step back.
3: Did they say that, or did they think so, that, or?
1: I, I have no idea. I'm just saying, like, I'm assuming that's what happened because that's what's happened with us.
3: Um, yeah. How's that for an answer? There is definitely. That's great.
1: I love that answer. Yeah. The,
3: yeah. Yeah. No, there is definitely some of that. And no, we've
1: had that. Like, we have issues. Like, I'm going to be totally honest with it. I don't understand why we're trying to hide it, but. No, but I
0: don't think you want to tell us that.
1: No, I'm talking about us. Oh. Me, you. Me, you, me, you. Yeah. We have issues with our family because of our brewery. Like, we're, we have family who is not really speaking to us because of it. so it's hard it's hard like you just don't know like they don't do you want to be involved do you not want to be involved and then we were like okay we want to be involved okay great you're involved okay now we're mad because of the way you're doing it okay you have zero dollars and cents in this place i'll
2: change it to something lighter which one of your family members the one that was going to do the mma they had like a kickboxing thing going on for a while. Was that, well, your, was that your daughter okay. or was that a niece? No,
3: no, no. Okay, so it started with Anthony, who was my niece's boyfriend, now husband. Okay. Uh, and he did a couple like uh, minor league fights. I don't know what it's actually called. But a- am- amateur, maybe a little more yeah, amateur. amateur. He did a couple. But at this point. It's called Smokers. Yeah, so he did some of that, and then, uh, and then he got Erica, my niece, That's in, into training, Erica. and oh, and she's Erica turned Farrell. into a little I bit of a Erica badass. A yeah. yeah,
1: she's okay. cool.
2: Yeah, because I used to frequent your establishment a lot before we actually talked to each other, and I was telling Brandon earlier the fun fact is me. your uh, your half is like one of the first ones I really got into. But your it's oat, like the best your, ever. O- your oatmeal stout that? is the yeah two stars. The, <laughs> your oatmeal stout's the one that started making me like different beers and go in a different direction
3: and trying stuff.
1: We got to rewind. What do you mean two stars? What are you talking
3: about? Oh come on, do you really want to talk untapped? Yeah,
1: I do want to talk on tap. <laughs> oh, Why God, is your half at two stars? There,
3: we we all have our uh, we all have our pet peeve, you know, that, that one critique that you remember. For me, one of them is that, you know, I hate halves. Hefs are terrible, but I actually like this half. The best half I've ever had. Two star. People, if you're gonna rate things on untapped I have no problem. Some people like my beer. Some people aren't so crazy about it. It's true of everybody and everything. I can deal with that. But come on. If it's the best no. you've ever had, you two-star, give me a break. And if you had that, where it's a,
1: we got a half a star on the, or no, maybe it was a quarter star on the, I
0: don't know, Peach Motherfucker.
1: Okay. Peach Motherfucker. And people were like, fuck this beer. Or people, I'm saying people, person who rated this beer, give us a quarter star fuck this beer, it's disgusting. I hate sours. Yeah. Then why, why are you drinking a sour? Just check it in. And like, yeah. just, just check it in. What is the problem?
0: But that's what people do. That's So yeah, if, if you remember this, if you're deciding you want to start a brewery, remember when you're in doing places now because this stuff's going to happen to you. And then you've got to either grow a super thick skin to deal with it you need to ignore it, or you need to address it and learn how to do it in a PC manner. Because no matter what your reply is, they're gonna come back here. And like, God, we've done like two episodes that we've actually scrapped. We start on this Yelp, and then we go down to social media. And we go down the rabbit hole, and it gets really dark, really bad. And we, we're like, no, we can't even go no, this far. cuz we're not it gets, gonna go. There. It gets way too personal. Um, so yeah, so we we stopped that kind of stuff. Um, I don't even look at. I don't even look at the Yelp reviews. We all. As owners and brewers, we sit around, we talk about it, and everybody has a story about somebody doing something stupid or some comment or everything, and it's and it's fun to share. But that's what we do.
1: I know. There
0: was one I heard. It was I forgot what it was, but it was restaurants to Yelp people and their customers to come in. But it never really took off. Some
1: guy who came in here and Yelped us, and he was like. You know it was a pretty cool place the beer was really good but i didn't like their music and it's not that i didn't like it i just thought it was a little out of touch for their style for the people who were in there and like i brought my parents in and then my parents didn't like the music so i'm gonna give them like a two stars
0: I told you you'd to play taylor swift nope <laughs> not gonna happen not gonna happen so what's it like for you right now you've got a lot of family members there what's it like on a daily basis working with family
3: Actually, we don't have nearly as much family as we used to. Um, most of them have moved on to other things or, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's for the better, to be honest. Yes. And these people know I love them, and I'm not talking bad about them. About them or maybe a little. But <laughs> no, you can talk bad about anything. And they no, were but, helpful know, when you got started. A, but it was a generational thing. They had a big group that they were more tight with each other, other than us. So when, like you said, when their opinion differed than ours, they had a whole gaggle of people and it was basically them against us. And mm-hmm. there were times that that got a little thick. So some of them have gone, moved on to other things. The numbers dropped a little bit and it's more in balance now, Yeah. you know, cause we can all, it's just, it changed communication. It got a little weird. And, and the other thing is, uh, I've even, i I started denying family members because I basically told them. You know, I want to be your uncle. I don't want to be your boss. Yes. And there is just something and we have kind of gotten beyond that. But for the longest time, they I was their boss and they were they were my employees mm-hmm. and kind of the family thing was getting sabotaged and the the ones that have stayed, we've worked through that for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the ones that have left, we've reestablished those relationships for the most part. But it it is kind of an awkward an awkward scenario. It's got to be I a mean, really
0: awkward scenario for a lot of those people that have never done it. It's the norm for me because that's what I grew up in. I really didn't know anything different until I was like 24, 25 years old. Oh wait, I'm not the boss's kid anymore. I'm not, you know, able to do, not necessarily whatever I want but whatever I want when I needed to, to just be an ever, another natural, just average employee and then coming here and doing this. That's why I work really hard with, with, with my boys here to make sure that I don't do that with them. I still want to be their dad. I don't want to be their just tyrant boss and then drive a wedge between us. And sometimes it's hard and we still fight, we're still family and we still work with each other. So they have opinions and now that they're getting more and more involved with the business, they want to put their two cents in. So sometimes I go, so yeah, I've got to learn to take their two cents and then explain to them maybe why it's not going to work. Or hey, that's a good idea. Let's let's actually implement that. Let's do that. that makes them feel really cool. And I, I'm honestly, I'm pretty proud when they come up with something like that. I'm like, hey, they're actually taking an interest in this. Not that I'm ever going to force them or necessarily even direct them to do this. I want them to watch it grow, watch them appreciate where we started and where we end up. And if this is something they actually want to get really involved in and and. I won't say make it a career, but go down that path, I will 100% support them in that. But if they decide, hey, this isn't for me, I'm going to go do something else. I will 100% support you in doing that too.
3: Yeah. We've been pretty honest about those conversations too. And I've even taken a step further and told them if they want to be long-term in the company, I want them to go work for another company first. I've thought about that to too. Just to see how different people do it, just to put it into perspective because sometimes when you're that close you don't necessarily appreciate what you're staring at but then you move into a new environment and oh I get it now Mm -hmm. so I've kind of told them that that they are absolutely welcome there's no offense if they don't want to Mm -hmm. Um, now I will flip the other good side though is if it wasn't for them working I don't know about you I would almost never see my children it's it's hard enough and it it sucks that it's always at work it kind of taints not taints, but it changes it. It you know mm-hmm. frames it differently. It's not like we're hanging out at the zoo eating corn dogs when yeah, we were yeah, kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at least I get to see them occasionally. Yeah, and that's
0: the thing is I, I enjoy the, the time I get to spend with them here. And that was another reason when we started this thing, it was something where I wanted to have the ability to spend time with them on a regular basis a lot because I feel like growing up when I did – I didn't really see my dad a lot because he did. He worked all the time. The day his mom died, he went to work, yeah. and that's that was his. That was just his lifestyle. He was still there for stuff. So it's not like I have like memories of hit, never seeing him. So he's always was still around. He was still there and, and on the weekends and doing things and great vacations. So he was a good father that way. But I, I, for me, I love being a dad. I love being a dad more than I love making beer. And so I wanted to make sure that if I did this, that it was going to kind of make our life a little bit closer and how naive I was to think that a brewery was the the way to do that Um, it's taken us three years to get to the point where we're finally starting to understand these things and we're starting to grow but I feel bad looking at my daughter she's still in high school so she leaves before I get here and then by the time I get home most of the time she is she's in bed and so that's why I started to like, say, I got to start taking days off. And then so I try to make sure that I, I take days, like on the weekends, to go do stuff with her. And we have our we have our sushi days where just her and I will go or we'll go to the movies just by ourselves just to try to spend time with her. Yeah. And it's sad. She's in high school, so she's super, you know, everything's the biggest deal in the world, whatever's happening. So if I don't see her, it's like I haven't seen her for a year. If we do something, I'm too involved. But I try to make sure that I it's, – it's a hard balance. I don't I don't explain that, but it's, it's a hard balance to try to – Pick and then every kid's different as well, so it's it's a, being in a family-run business. It's new for a lot of for my kids, but for me, it's the norm. Um, so I'm just trying to balance it the best way I can.
2: Yeah, but at least you're instilling good ethics and work value to work and all that other stuff that comes along with it. So uh-huh. they're learning from that. Yeah, so it's not just oh my dad's working all the time. It's you're teaching them how to be a man as far as when it comes to the boys, and you're you're sending a good message to your kids because you're teaching them that the value of work and that you have to actually work hard if you want to achieve things in life.
0: Yeah, because I don't, I don't begin want, I don't, it's, you know, a story that's been told through time, you know, that the boss or the rich or the king or whoever, the kids grow up and they're snotty nosed brats. That's the last thing I wanted. Yeah. It, I wanted, there's kids, so if, not saying that I ever will, I'm just using an example. It's just say, you know, we're, and it being, we're the biggest brewery in the state and we sell off for a couple hundred million dollars the last thing I want our kids to say, oh, Dad sold his business and now we just go buy all this stuff. I want them to say, oh man, I'm I'm sad we sold this thing. Hey, I was part of growing that and appreciate that and know that money came hard and there was times where, sorry, I can't buy you those new shoes right now. We gotta I gotta buy some hops, you know, something like that. And I want them to learn to appreciate and actually value that stuff. And for the most part, they've been very good with that. And, I'm, and that's one of the, the proudness or the proud moments I've had doing this is the fact that we've hopefully instilled on that. But you know, Derek's got a girlfriend, so he's. Constantly I was spending money, you know. And I, I remember doing that as well when April and I were dating, it's like every money I, every dollar I got, we went out, it was constantly at the movies or eating, or doing something else.
1: We did go through a phase where you were like, Yeah, I'm not spending money anymore, so let's get married. <laughs>
0: hey, you support me.
3: I can't afford to date anymore, so we're just gonna have to tie the knot and be done with it.
0: So I wanna go to like what we do on a regular basis. So we have a very good relationship. We've been bros for a while. We also have a very similar belief in brewing styles and and palettes for styles of beer. And that's why I've always loved to come to see you and April's hated because I'm gonna stop in and see you and three hours later she's dragging me out of the brewery and we're in the back trying on this kind of stuff. What, what, Really got your palate to there. Do you think it was being in Europe, not growing up on craft beer? Was it because you gravitated to that, or just it's just something just normal?
3: Uh, Europe definitely changed, you know. And I can not even tell you, it it wasn't even Europe. There was there was one bar that was probably the most influential on that whole trip, and it was in Chicago, and it was an all Belgian bar hmm. but to, but to answer the question and begin with no i was already into it I, I was in in europe because of the beer not the other way you know what i mean yeah. it wasn't happenstance but but on in siebel and i can't remember the name of the bar it was it was an upstairs some bar it's some pl- it does nothing but belgians huh. and at that point it. i gotta there. be honest i wasn't a big belgian fan but they started us, these people were freaks. These, this guy knew so much. He was so informative. One of the best presentations. And then he started us with some very simple Belgians and worked us all the way through to some of the gnarliest farmhouses that you can imagine. And by the time I was done with it, I still wasn't on board with the, the farmhouses. Yeah. But
0: I, I came out of that a, a fan of Belgium. Our stories are so similar, it scares me sometimes because it was the same thing with us. Being at the Brewers Guild and I was never into belgian beers i liked the english ales and then we went to germany i loved the you know the german beers and then we went to belgium and i was like oh my god and it took us getting drunk and drinking all those beers and this guy was bringing out all that stuff and we're like wow and then hey let's start a brewery it's not good when we're that heavily inebriated so it's kind of the same thing and to this day i'm still spoiled by belgian beers when somebody says they're going i'm like hey man will you will you please bring me something back? And when anything, people say, hey, anything. I'm going somewhere, I, I never say anything. Hey, bring me this, bring me that. They're like, do you want me something? I'm like, yeah, if you get a chance, I'll, I'll take something, I'll do something. But if I I find somebody said so they're going to Belgium or something, like, hey, can you bring me this? Can you please bring me here, – here, here's 50 bucks. Please bring me back as much as you can. Yeah, anything to everything. Yes. Yeah, because it's still – and I can't wait to go back and actually spend more time there because when, we when we were there that time, it wasn't like – I don't know, was I, did, no, I didn't, I hadn't done a brewing school yet. I, I think that that point was what kind of really took it to the next level in Belgium.
1: No, not yet. You were in, you had just signed up. Hadn't started it yet.
0: Yeah, so that was, what are you doing on my phone? I'm trying to make the come up. Oh. You're trying to send me secret messages? I did send you a secret message. <laughs> <laughs> Read the secret. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, Joe's, Joe's trying to um, cut out because.
2: You got to be a responsible parent. Yeah.
1: Whatever. It's not the parents. She's not here anymore. Come on. Yeah,
0: she has school tomorrow. Yeah, there's 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 a there's a girl at the bar. So Joe's like, hey man, I'm gonna go home with her. (laughs) Oh, that's not it. Uh Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) Okay, let's see. She gonna leave with you? Well, yeah. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Duh. So you can say bye.
2: No, keep going because I'm actually like listening. You do your two story, your guys' stories. You guys have a lot of stuff. Before we know it to be like two
0: AM, and me and Rob are still talking, and everybody's gonna be asleep. Oh, this is I what mean, we do.
2: No, we were joking
3: the other day, but it's no joke. We could do podcast after podcast after podcast, and not even get into the drunk stories. No, <laughs> oh, God, no kidding. And then once that starts, oh,
0: uh-huh. and we'll be really drunk. while we it. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. I, I have, I have a personal, um, rule. That when I go to beer fests, I purposely don't go see Rob until after I've seen everybody else. Because when I get there, I don't leave.
2: Wait, do you like beer festivals? Cause this guy doesn't.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I knew this
2: question was gonna come come up.
3: And how blunt, how broad, how? Cause yes, no, hate them, love
0: 'em. Uh, I'm gonna talk, order. I'm gonna open this Dunkel while he talks. Yeah. I, Speak I agree. your mind. So evidently, during the middle of our little rant about. Um, beer Fest, our high-quality, expensive little unit here quite recording, so I don't know exactly where we're at. So we're going to jump to another subject that um, kind of brought us to this point of getting this podcast going ASAP. Um, Rob makes some pretty damn good beer, and it's been a long time overdue. We're doing a tap takeover on Wednesday the... I don't know. what. What's next Wednesday, Kevin? Uh, 16th. The 16th. So here at the brewery at Richter, we're going to do a a tap takeover with North Mountain. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the beers. We haven't picked them all yet, but we know one of them will be this Oktoberfest that we've been drinking tonight. And then uh, I'm sure there's going to be some real specialty stuff in there, and maybe some real specialty stuff if I can pry it from his grubby little hands. Yeah,
3: we'll we'll see. see. Yeah,
0: something that was in in a barrel, something we need. Yeah. That'd be perfect.
3: Mm-hmm. I thought you already had that lined up.
0: I do, but I forgot.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's still there. It's waiting. Okay,
0: good. Okay, good. Good. So, yeah, I will make that call tomorrow to make sure. And then uh, I'm sure you're going to bring some specialty stuff.
3: We'll talk. We'll, we'll bring, yeah. Yes. Right on. We'll have something good.
0: Perfect. Yeah, so it'll be fun. We'll do it Wednesday. Uh, we'll have our kitchen open. And we'll have, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about North Mountain beers. If you haven't had a chance to make it out there, this is your opportunity on the west side to come out and... And try this stuff because it's, it's damn good beer. I think everyone will like it. We generally have, have it on tap right now. We've got the green with the picked. That's the beer up we have right there. And then we usually have the uh, the baby Belgian quite a bit.
3: And the beer I'm that Lally. we're sampling right now is the Oktoberfest. Yes. It's the the Happy Crowd Oktoberfest.
0: Absolutely. And I have a I have an affinity for Oktoberfest beers. Yeah, I love them. And then we just open up the the other beer you got here, which is the oh that's the Happy Crowd. And what's this other one called?
3: Uh, Dunlap Dunkel. The Dunkel. Dunkels.
0: I think I talked about that in the beginning of it.
3: A little bit, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's nice, malty, and sweet. This is a fun beer.
3: This was actually brewed uh, with a couple Ash members, with um, Stuart and Mike. hmm And they are some pretty serious winning You know, gold. They, they just win ton of, tons of golds yeah. between them. They've both won gold in this category. Right on. And... It was actually intended to be entered in the GABF as a pro am, but I don't follow directions very well, I guess. <laughs> so they they had never brewed together. I thought I could take winning uh, winning members and actually design a beer with them. Apparently, I was very specifically supposed to scale one of their beers up. So uh, so it, it had ended up uh, wasn't entered under the pro am. Oh, did not qualify. And I even called them and asked, and the, the people I talked to were all excited about the concept, but I clearly wasn't talking to the right person.
0: <laughs> of course not. So, you know, it's a good beer. I like it. This yeah. is uh, that, that marshmallow I'm getting out of it. Man, that's, that's fun. That's something different. I haven't had anything up there like this in a long time. So, this is a fun beer. I'm excited to get, get this up there. So, this will be on tap, too. Um, yeah, we'll we'll promote the list and we'll get everything out there. Um, by the time you hear this, the list should probably be in the next day or two. Um, yeah. Probably this Monday, we'll have the list of all the beers. We're gonna we're gonna hopefully get maybe there'll be something secret in there. We'll know. We'll figure it out. So it, we're of course we're going long. Um, we haven't even began to talk about all our uh, stories and adventures yet and everything else. So we're gonna have to do this again.
3: Yeah, this was actually very fun. I, yes. And um, I I literally feel like we are seriously just starting to warm up i mean the the stories between us go so far and so deep and it's kind of ridiculous it'll be a lot of fun it
0: is yes i'm excited to do this again i'm just happy that we're able to do it this first time finally it only took what a year not how long have been doing this for
1: almost a year is it wow yeah the domain names
0: are coming up for renewals so so, yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's fun so uh yeah we'll just call this uh episode 15a because it will uh it will go on and on and uh and i don't normally put this out there but i'm kind of curious what some of these questions people going to want to know because me and rob are pretty honest with each other and we're pretty honest with customers and people that want to come and talk about starting on breweries and if there's something that somebody wants to know just send a message on any of our any of our stuff it'll be on the website or the instagram page we'll have the links there because we do have a lot of stories and a lot of uh Good and bad and pretty honest feedback.
3: And it is good and bad. I'd, I'd actually like to throw one more tiny story out. Go for it. So when we met at Front Porch just yeah. just the other day, we were sitting there. And, and But this is a very real assessment of, I think, how we feel about the industry we're in. Because... I don't know if you caught it but that guy that was sitting to my right. Yes. He was sitting there very quietly. I'm pretty sure he was eating up everything we said. Yes. And let's face it, it was a bitch fest. It was. And he actually walked out when it finally came to its conclusion of okay, but I wouldn't be anywhere else. There's nowhere else. You know, we kind of touched on this earlier. There, there is no other place. I'm going to bitch and moan. You're going to bitch and moan. People, there's plenty to bitch about. And this is why it comes back to you better have the passion if you're really interested in doing this. Uh, it is a real pain in the ass. But then again, it is. It's I, rewarding. I, it's, I, it is It is. Fun. Where else would I be? And there is no answer to that question. So if you ever see us, if you ever hear us bitch and moan, just (laughs) just wait because eventually we'll let some of the good out because that's no fun talking about that.
0: No. And sometimes, yeah, I've been accused of uh, bitching too much sometimes. And it's just like, it's, I don't know, it's a a way to maybe blow off some steam sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard because the average person doesn't know what we deal with on a daily basis or what it's like to do this. So when we get together, we're talking shop we're talking about things we went through whether it's yelp reviews or a, you know a stuck mm-hmm. mash or you know dealing with a vendor or something like that or a, or a drunk customer there's always something that we've got a story to talk about and that's what we do it because other people just don't understand that
3: and there aren't a lot of people that want to hear it i mean my friends don't want to hear me bitch and moan mm-hmm. you know my non-brewer friends oh yeah my wife works with me so if i start bitching to her she's just going to come back double fold and half of it's going to be about me specific. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. So I can't talk to her either. I mean, it's like me and you are. I know um, you're one of the few people I can actually say stuff to of course. that would get it and relate to it and stuff like that. So yeah. so like this guy, I'm, I'm sure there were times he kept looking over and, and it's like, Oh, yeah. You know.
0: I've had people actually call me on it. I've actually sometimes like, oh, shit. I didn't realize that somebody was sitting there. Or the time I was making comments about dealing with... Uh, the city, and it just happened to be the um, Chamber of Commerce sitting at the end of
3: the bar. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, they need to know some of this stuff. it's true, I'll be Plus, honest. It's Chamber of Commerce, they're not really a government entity, they're some quasi. but uh, So, other than that, are we pretty much wrapping up? Because I do have one more point to make. Go for it. Uh, and I, I laugh inside a, a little bit. But, uh, people, when you see me, I'm smiling on the inside. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's, yeah. Not a, he's not as surly as people think he is. Just, just, just hand him a beer what? and say, hey, can I ask you a question? And he's mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, hell yeah. And then 30 minutes later, he'd be like, wow, he's a nice guy.
3: Yeah, <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I know I don't smile on the outside often. And then people, I'm smiling, I swear. I swear.
0: Yeah, we make beer for a living.
3: Yeah. Sometimes you have to drink it too. I, uh, quality control. And, and yeah, your establishment's shutting down here, so I'd better get a beer before last call. Yeah.
0: Our last call is when we decide to last call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll do this again soon. Cheers.
3: Cheers.